0: Young, back to throw, in
1: trouble, he's going to be sacked, no, gets away, he runs, gets away again, goes to the 40, gets away again, to the 35, cuts back at the 30, to the 20, the 50, the 10, he dies, touchdown 49ers!
2: Hey everybody, what's up? It's Zane and Al for the No Huddle Podcast presented by 49ers WebZone, and uh, Al, how you doing today? I feel good, Zane. How you doing, buddy? Doing well, man. Nice weather here in the Bay Area, so uh, getting out outside and enjoying the weather. So, we have uh, another guest on today, and this guy's—he's uh, got a really cool backstory. And uh, who is who is he? Al? He does have a really cool
0: backstory. Uh, Peter Tamopenu defensive end he's going to play the leo position for the 49ers rookie this year and i had a chance to catch up with him yesterday it's it's interesting you know we, we put these podcasts together and and they sound so polished when we do but i actually had some drama getting on um yesterday my sound didn't work so i pull it up and you know because zane and i what we do is we usually sign in about 10 minutes early to make sure you know our sound works and microphones work and everything like that so i sign in and no sound. And I'm trying to figure out, you know, we got PETA coming on the line and I'm like, what's happening? What's happening? And I just want to give um, a big shout out to our producer extraordinaire, David Bonilla, who hopped on the line and did all the recording. And I, and I just called in. So so Peter and I did kind of a phone interview on both sides. So if it sounds like I'm on the phone, I was. But just a big shout out to uh, to David for that because he, he's outstanding. And, and we couldn't do the show without him, Zane. David is... Uh, A huge part of the the no huddle podcast he's you know our third person it's a collaborative effort and we can't do this without david so um but yeah so Peta, amazing story really interesting story and the 49er fans are absolutely going to love this guy when you hear the interview and and i'll shut up in a minute and actually let you hear the interview um his passion comes through he's a humble guy he's just he's so gracious to be with the 49ers and one of the coolest parts is we talked about that Elvis Dumerville would be a good mentor for him and those two are already hitting it off. And PETA talks about his relationship so far with Elvis, and it's it's just all good, man. The future is all good there for the 49ers. So I'll stop talking, and without further ado, I will let you guys listen to the interview. So here we go. One of the 49ers' six-round picks in the 2017 draft, he finished a stellar career at Utah that saw him rack up nine sacks as a senior, including two in the Foster Farmers Bowl, which was actually played at Levi Stadium. I'm pleased to welcome to the show today 49ers defensive end Pita Talmopinu. Pita, thanks so much for being here today.
1: <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> All
0: right, now now you grew up and spent most of your life on on a farm in the Island of Tonga, which is which is actually right outside of New Zealand. Can you uh, tell yeah, us yeah, what sir. it was like growing up there and, and and what brought you to the States?
1: Uh yeah, so I was born in Texas and uh Moved to Tonga when I was three months old with my grandparents. Uh, growing up, life was, uh, I mean, like it was pretty simple. You know, Uh spent most of my uh, my life like working in a farm with my grandparents. And by the time I reached the uh, age of uh, 17, my mom called me back and, you know, basically tell me, hey, son, it's time for you to move back to the United States so you can go to school, get education. So that's what happened. So I moved back and then, <clears throat> I was able to uh win the school down in uh, Utah. <laughs> yep.
0: <clears throat> now you started football later in life, right? How old were you when you actually started yes, sir. playing?
1: Uh my my senior in high school. So Oh wow,
0: was, so you, uh, you were you were seventeen, 18. eighteen?
1: Yeah. Yes sir. What made that you get interested in the sport I, at
0: that at that point?
1: Uh well I played sports my whole life. Uh when I moved back I just look at football as an opportunity to help out my mom, you know. My mom is a single mother, and uh, she worked multiple jobs to uh, uh, take care of me and, you know, uh, get me comfortable. So I look at football as an opportunity. That's how I look at it. So uh, um, I was able to, uh, you know, like learn the sports and, uh, you know, keep my best and <clears throat> hoping to own the scholarship so I can be able to go to school for free so my mom don't have to pay for school. So that's a uh, main reason why <laughs> I would <to> play football. <laughs>
0: Now, did you speak English when
1: you came in the United States? No, no, sir, no sir. So I moved back uh, I speak Tongan <laughs> okay. the whole time, so I moved back here. I never speak I never spoke English before, so in Tongan, everybody speaks Tongan. so moved back and then I basically went to school to Utah and then you know like kinda of just observe people around me and try to pick it up to the language in the same time, uh you know, trying to learn the sports like the sports of football, so I had to learn all of that in my senior year in high school and uh <laughs> Yeah.
0: Now, did that make it tough when you're learning play calls and things like that on defense? Did it did it make it tough to pick it up because of the language barrier? or Was it one of those things where you're just uh, going to the quarterback no matter what?
1: Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't too bad. Um, uh, it wasn't too bad. Like the the play calls and all that stuff is. I don't know. I never really had any uh, like problem with the the play calls and all that stuff. So, so I don't know. <laughs>
0: Now, Damn. your sack totals went up every season when you were at Utah. Did you feel yourself getting more comfortable as the, as the years went on, in, in becoming just more comfortable with playing and the defense and everything like that?
1: Yes, sir. Yeah. So uh, basically, you know, my first year, I I know a little bit about football. So every year, I get better. Every year, that's why that's my goal in life. You know, like whatever what I'm doing, I always tell myself that I always want to get better. So. That's why my sacks would move up because I always keep working hard and I understand and learn more about football. So I feel like I have a good ability to get better every every year. So that's why having my sacks and stuff. That's why I move up because I always get better. So that's why I'm I just learn from people around me and try to get better every year. So yeah.
0: Now, now you were a pass rush specialist in college. When it came time that's to right. start meeting with teams for the draft, and and when NFL teams kind of started started to show interest in that's you. Right. Do they come to you and say, you know, we're looking at you as a pass rush specialist? What were, were those kind of conversations?
1: Oh, yeah. So the crazy thing is, at the Combine, I spend most of my time uh, talking to a lot of teams from the, the East Coast, And they always talk to me like the Ravens. They always talk to me about pass rush. the same thing, you know, mm-hmm. the Steelers, you know, goats. They always come up to me and talk about pass uh, night I remember talk, th- th- uh, talking to uh, the linebacker, Goal John. <laughs> He came out to me and just talked to me at the Combine, you know, for like 10 minutes, and he talked to me about linebacker and stuff, you know. He told me, hey, you oh, look really? like you should be a 49er. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's the only person who talked to me out there at the Combine, you know. I never thought that 49er, you know, interesting to in me the whole time. So I was like, hey, you know, I just talked to him, and I said, hey, this gave me an opportunity. I'm going to come out there and do whatever you guys want me to do. I want to help the team win the game. That's what I want to do. <laughs> so, yeah. So that was, so, uh,
0: most, that was most, a surprise most, for you then.
1: Yeah, that was a surprise. Yeah, most of uh, most teams just talk to me about boss rusher and some of them like, you know, linebacker and special teams. And you know, I just tell all the teams, hey, I'ma just come out there and I'll, I'll do whatever. You know, I will do whatever to uh, help the team win games. So whether it's a linebacker, DN, special team, uh, I want to I want to help out the team. That's what I want to do. So
0: I'm always <laughs> interested to hear what that phone call is like when you get drafted. Where were you when they called you from the Niners?
1: Oh, just home with the family hanging out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, the whole time, I never thought the Niners would, you know, pick me up the whole time. So, like, the whole time I was at home, I remember getting a, a lot of phone calls from a, a lot of teams, like Ravens, um, uh, the Goats, uh, uh, the Steelers. They talked to me about picking me up and all that stuff. So the whole time, I was just, you know, expecting them to pick me up. And for some reason... My phone was ringing, and then I answered. It was uh, John Lynch, and he's basically he just asking, "Hey, you you ready to be a Niners?" <laughs> yeah, I'm so excited. I'm down the street him on the I'll be done a little bit, so <laughs> it was crazy. It was a uh, it was a it was a good moment. So I uh, I'm very grateful for that opportunity that uh, they gave me. So I'm very happy. You know, but John Lynch seems
0: like a great is a, a great guy. Is he that nice of a guy in person?
1: Oh yeah. yeah. I met him. I met him my very first my very first day out there, uh, at practice. So he just walked up to me and he just talked to me like about, you know, how he drafted me and stuff. I was just like I was kinda of shocked. <laughs> I <right? laughs> I just talked he he's a very nice guy and also, you know, so, you know the hard worker. I know he's a hard worker. I studied him a lot, I just kinda of watch a lot of his uh uh highlights and stuff from college and also like uh the NFL, you know, just kinda of pumped me up before practice <laughs> <laughs> Right.
0: Now, your defensive coordinator Robert Salas said about you. I read an article recently. He said, um, yeah. Peter works so hard that it's almost impossible for him to fail. As a rookie trying to prove yourself your first year, what does it mean to hear your coach say something like that?
1: Oh, man. Uh <clears> Oh, <throat> uh, man, I'm just I just feel like I'm just I'm just grateful for uh, you know, like <clears throat> I'm just very grateful. It is yeah. um I don't really know. I'm I'm speechless for it. I, I don't really know what to say because uh, I would tell myself every time I'm out there, I'll give everything I got. And at the end of the day, like, every little thing you do out there, like, somebody's watching. So I didn't even know that he was watching me the whole time. So, you know, I was just out there just, you know, like, enjoy the, the process and uh, work hard and give everything I got and, you know, like, uh, <clears throat> I try to help out the team. So that is awesome. Uh, <laughs> I I came home and my uncle talked to me about it. He just kind of telling me that hey, even the Cornelius say some good thing about you. I said, man, that's that's cool, man. <laughs> it's yeah, very cool. Uh, <laughs> now, how
0: how soon does the team lay out to you what your role might be? Have you had any conversations with the coaches about what they expect for you in the first year, or is it one of those things where you just go out and play?
1: They just just go out and play. That's what it is. So I'm a Leo right now. I'm a Leo. DN Boss Roger right now, so just basically, I'm just go out there and play and, like, you know, give everything I got and uh, keep working hard. So, wait for my opportunity because, you know, as soon as they give me my opportunity, I make sure I make it count. <laughs> That's all we do. <laughs> what, what
0: do you expect from yourself this year? What kind of expectations do you have for this you? This year? Yeah. Uh, like,
1: right now, so I'm just I'm just expecting to go out there and, like, you know, I want to I I wanna, I wanna, I wanna play great special teams, and also, uh, you know, I'm just going to wait. By the time they call my name, they put me on the field, I'm going to make sure I make plays in every single time I'm on the field. That's what I will do. I will, I'm expecting myself to be out there and, uh, you know, sack some quarterbacks. That's what I would <laughs> like to do. So I'm expecting myself that. And I always have a, a high expectation of myself. So I'd be working hard every day and try to put some extra works and. Um, make sure that I'll be ready when the season gets here. So I'm expecting to make a lot of plays. That's what I will do. So
0: <laughs> now I know it's early and you haven't even started um, training camp yet. But so far, this what's is, been the biggest
1: adjustment for you for the NFL? Uh, just trying to uh get used to the to the NFL speed. You know, it's uh mm-hmm. the NFL is more like mentally. You know, like uh, there's a lot of meetings and all that stuff like that. So I'm just trying to get used to it like uh you know the schedule is a lot more different like in college we run a lot we we spend more time on the field than uh than uh than uh you know the meeting rooms but now we you know there's a lot of uh films watch and all that stuff we watch a lot of film and study a lot of there's like uh does that go? we we study a lot of uh <clears throat> uh body language and all that stuff you know like small they break it down in the NFL it's just like everything it matters so basically it is like you know uh trying to like um like study the opponents the the, the teams that we are about to go against you know like in college we got to like practice we we spend more time at practice too and we just kind of stay focused on ourselves to try to get better and over here in the NFL we like we watch a lot of films of every single person in the in the NFL right now you know try to study what their weakness is and all that stuff. So I, I I spend a lot of time like doing that, watching films and all that stuff. And it's, you know, it's a little bit different for me, like coming from college. Uh, it's uh, <clears throat> that we had to uh, spend a lot of time like uh, watching all those uh, those body language and <clears throat> stuff. So
0: absolutely, absolutely. Now the team brought in a veteran who can really be a mentor to you in, in Elvis Doomerville. And you guys have similar builds, and obviously your your primary job of getting the, the quarterback it kind of remind me of Doomerville a little bit. Um, have you had a chance to talk to Elvis, and what do you think you can learn from him?
1: Oh yes, sir. Uh, well, I met Doom, uh Doomerville on the very first uh, the very first day he arrived. So he walked into the locker room, and I just walked. I was uh I was in my locker room. I was just kind of like uh, my, I was in my locker just kind of like put some stuff away. And I saw him, I was just like, I just, you know, I called DJ. I was like, hey, DJ, look, it's Elvis. And he's like, go talk to him. So I walk up to him. I walk up to him. He was a cool guy, man. I walk up to him and I'm like, hey, Elvis, man, I'm Peter. And he's like, yeah, I know you. I know I'll be watching film on you. That's like, great. Hey, man, I'm, I'm excited to learn from you, man. I'm so excited you're here. He just talked to me and he just tell me, hey, like he he started talking to me about, hey, what's your favorite move? What's your favorite move? I said, yeah, I'm a speed, you know, just kind of like you, simple, you know. I still need to work on my speed to powers and all that stuff. He's like, yeah, I'm super, you know, he told me, Hey, I'm I'm super excited to work with you and I'll, uh, I'll promise you that I'll help you out, help you to get better at everything. I was like, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to uh to learn from you. So he's a cool guy. So in the meeting room, I sit right next to him. At practice, he always comes right next to me and he always got to show me how to, you know, spin, move and all that stuff. You know, I kind of have it, but like, you know, he kind of smoothed me out, He kind of showed me how to do it in the right way. <laughs> so yeah. I'm super excited. I, I love being with him at practice because, you know, I made a sack at practice. He's just happy. He, he cheered me up and all that stuff. So right. it's just kind of cool. That's yeah, great. Yeah, and I thought the when locker. they
0: signed him, I, I said that's the perfect guy to, to mentor you. Yeah, yeah I, I just yeah, thought you guys he, were so similar. I mean, it was great. Yeah, that's great. Now, you, <laughs> met, you mentioned meetings and things like that. Has the film study and playbook been difficult to learn, or, or, or have you adjusted
1: pretty well to that? No, no, sir. Like, I studied the playbooks in the, the first three weeks, so I get the whole playbooks done, so it was not too bad. It's just, I mean, like, I mean, uh, film uh, study and all that stuff, it's fine. I had no problem with that. I'm just saying, like, like uh, you know how in college, sometimes you get you can make a mistake and get away with it, you know what I'm saying, like once or twice. In the NFL, you have to be perfect. So I, I, I just have to watch every little thing that an O-line can do, you know? Like, they can help me, like, they can um, give me an uh, advantage to, uh you know, to uh, to be him off the edge. So I'm just, you know what I'm saying, I'm just trying to get used to watch a lot of, like, small things, you know? Like, I never see it. I, I couldn't, when I was in college, I couldn't see it until I got to the NFL my coach, chef you know, he showed me all these little things that I have to watch. So it's just, it's it's not like it's not difficult to me. I love it. It's interesting. It, I just feel like it's is, it's is awesome. It, it helps me get better. You know, it, it helps me prepare me to. Uh, by the time I step on the field, I'm I'm more aware uh, of all these little things that can uh, help me out. Or, uh, yeah, help me out on the field.
0: Yeah, everybody's excited about the, the new coaching staff. It seems like those guys really have, you know, their stuff together and, and they know what they're doing. so
1: yeah. They they're great people. They uh they like to compete every day. So it was just very awesome. Uh we compete with our offense every day on the practice field and yeah, the coaches uh they uh they're good uh, leadership, they have a good leadership that can help us. They always, you know, pump us up and make sure we go out there on the field uh ready to go. Now
0: you mentioned special teams earlier, and I actually read a scouting report on you, and it said in the scouting report that one of the underrated aspects of your game is that if you had to be, you have an ability to make a big impact on special teams. Have you been sure. focused on on that at all, as well as your past rushing duties, to you know, so you can you can contribute to the team in other ways?
1: Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm I'm on every single special team, and then I I start. I mean, like I start. They put me on a special team on my very first day I got there, so. Uh, everything is good. I learned all the special team and stuff. And I'm. Uh, uh, we got a great coach, Rich Hart. Like, he, he helped me out every day. He always come and talk to me after practice and, you know, a little thing that can help me get better and all that stuff. He always tell me that I can be a great special team guy, too. So uh, I work in. That. I work both for, like, you know, like a boss rusher and also a special team guy. So I'm, I'm willing to learn everything and get better every day. So I'm excited.
0: Now we, we opened up uh the questions to the fans this time around. So first time we did it, so when we have guests on now, we're gonna let fans send in questions and, and we're gonna pick one question to add to ask our guests. Um and, and we had three or four fans ask the same question for you is if you can pick one quarterback that you wanna sack, who would it be?
1: Well, I would like to sack all the quarterbacks, but uh, <laughs> that's a good answer. I think, but I think there's one quarter. Oh man, I don't know. I would like to sack all the quarterbacks. It's hard for me to pick one person. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's not like Tom Brady. Like Tom Brady, you want to bring him down, right? Oh
1: man, yeah, he's the great. I mean, he's the greatest. But Tom Brady, yeah. oh man, that would be cool to get. Even touch him. <laughs> that would be cool. That would be cool. Right? <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> that's what
0: D- DJ Jones said Tom Brady when we asked him that question. He said that's the one guy. Are you talk about Tom Brady?
1: Yet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I would like, I hope, I, I like to see it bring down
0: Russell Wilson a couple times, Carson Palmer. You know, <laughs> we like to see those guys go down. So, all right. Now we do we do a segment at the end of each show um, where we ask yeah. our guests sort of a rapid fire questions because we know about Peter the football player, but we want to know a little bit about Peter the person. So, if there's any of these questions that you don't want to answer, you don't know the answer to, you could just say pass. Um, okay. We're gonna ask you, just to find out some things you like. Does that sound good?
1: Okay, sounds good. Yeah, okay. sounds good. All right. That's fine. Okay.
0: So what what are some of your favorite movies that you watch when you see them on TV? You never turn them off. you got to watch the whole thing. Just all-time favorite movies
1: for you. Oh, damn. Like, like right now, my favorite movie right now is uh, Wonder Woman. I heard I mean, that it's was great. Really I haven't hard. Seen it yet. <laughs> It's really hard to turn the TV off, you know? When yeah. I don't <laughs> like that. <laughs> yeah, she's kind of keeping on the eyes, <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Do so you like Conoco
0: you like comic book movies? Do huh? you watch a lot of superhero movies?
1: Oh, yeah. I, I, I watch a lot of superhero movies, but uh, Wonder yeah, of so so is I. definitely my favorite. Yeah.
0: I got to check it out. All right. Now I got to go see it. I got to see it. All right. <laughs> what, what about some of fa- your favorite TV shows?
1: TV shows. Oh, man. Uh, probably go with uh, uh, the hard one. I never
2: really any <laughs> TV shows, but you can I, if I watch them.
1: Um, Bobby the original is a vampire. <laughs>
0: He's oh, a man really?
1: by a TV show, it's called the original. Yeah. All
0: right. What about your favorite athlete of all time?
1: I'm gonna go with Jerry uh, Rice.
0: Jerry, good answer. He's one of my favorite
1: too. Joe my <laughs> fan is my <laughs> yeah. favorite. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs>
0: Have you met Jerry Rice yet?
1: Yeah, I I'm met him. I met him at the facility. He came out and gave a speech to us. So it was just cool, kind of show his video, how he's training in the off season, you know. How he separate himself from everybody else. Yeah, he uh, was yes, a yeah, cool. Yeah, he, he really
0: was. He, he, really was. He, he used to catch bricks and run up that hill. Yeah, he's like legendary, legendary yep. the way. Yep.
1: He... Yep. Yeah. Yep.
0: So, did you have a favorite team in any sport growing up, or when you came to the states?
1: I never really have a favorite. Like I, I used to like the, the Tongan uh, the national team, you know, rugby team. So I grew up in rugby. You know, like oh, I grew up okay, playing rugby cool. my whole life. So yeah, I always had to vote for our team, you know. Until I moved back to America. And then, uh, I don't know. I never would really have any favorite team. But, you know, Niner's cool, though. So. <laughs> Niner's always cool. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> what what yeah. about
0: a uh, musical artist or musical group? What's some of your favorite music to listen to?
1: Music? Uh, Will Nielsen. Oh, really? Okay. I like Will Nielsen. I like uh, Bob Marley. Yeah. Nice. So I like, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty... Chill person. I like to just lay back and just you know listen. To I I don't really like watching all those, uh listen to all those you know, art music and stuff. So <laughs> like
0: to chill. I hear you. I hear you. Just like to chill.
1: Yeah.
0: All right. What about your favorite food?
1: Food. Hmm. Very interesting. You can have like one uh, food for fun. the rest of your life. One food that I cannot live with uh, I thought it. Uh, goes uh In and Out. In and Out burger. <laughs> really yeah. I, I like yeah, five no guys. Burgers. Five yeah. guys is pretty good. Oh, five guys. You know five guys <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, any burgers. I like burgers, so.
0: That's true. Yeah, you can't go wrong with that. Yeah. Peter, this was a blast. Thank you so much for the time tonight and, and best of luck to you this year. We're all really pulling for you.
1: Hey, thank you so much for for the time. Uh you guys have a great uh great day. Great night. Appreciate it. Thank you, Peter. Bye. All right.
2: Wow. Great job, Al. That was uh, that was actually a really, really cool story. And to hear that Pita is from Tonga and he didn't even know English until he was a senior in high school. That's that's just unbelievable. Isn't that crazy?
0: He not only did he excel at football, he didn't even speak the language. So and he, he said there wasn't too much of an issue with the language barrier, with the playbook and things like that. But that, that's definitely a challenge he had to overcome. And it's amazing absolutely amazing when you think about how far he's come in such a short period of time and what the future can be for him and it's it, it's not surprising the 49ers are so high on him because he can really end up being a, a very good pass rusher for them.
2: Yeah, he seems to to really pick up quickly on things and I mean come on the guy he learned a new land speaking English for what like 5 years now, so the fact that yeah. he's he's so well spoken and he can communicate and he can play at a high level, play college football in the NCAA and play at a high level, it's it's unbelievable. And I see, I see exactly why they they drafted him. He's such a bright guy, really energetic. And he's kind of like a shot in the arm to the defense, definitely that they, that they need.
0: Yeah, and anytime you could rush the passer like him, there, there there's going to be a spot on a roster for 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 a guy like Peter. And he's he's got a great chance to make this team. And the Niners need a lot of help with their pass rush. We we've seen it the past couple years. it just hasn't been there. And what I th- I think I-, I do believe that there's going to be an improvement this year in that but I went back and looked at the stats cuz I kind of wanted to see what's happened to this pass rush in terms of the production and I went back to 2011 cuz that was the year Jim Harbaugh came in and when this defense really became dominating and if you look at their sack totals it, it, they're just decreasing pretty much by the year they had 42 in 2011 and that was good for 7th in the league they had 38 in 2012 11th in the league 38 in uh, 2013 for 18th in the league 2014 they dropped to 36 total sacks and that was 21st in the league 2015 28 that was 29th in the league and they had a little bit of an uptick last year with 33 sacks and that was 21st in the league but a lot of times sacks are the end product and, and obviously they they help a lot but you have to look at things like pressures and hurries too and Looked at the hurries for the 49ers last year, and to put it in perspective, the Dolphins led the league with 129 hurries last year on the quarterback. The 49ers had 83, which was, which was 25th in the league. And in terms of individually, uh, Brandon Graham led the NFL with 40 hurries, and the Niners leader was Ahmad Brooks with 16. So 49ers leaders for them in hurries were Ahmad Brooks with 16, DeForest Buckner with 14, Armstead with 12, which is good considering he, he didn't play very long, he was injured, Eli Harold with 11 and Ronald Blair with seven. So they need pass rush help and in guys like PETA and Elmas Duberville. Uh, those are the guys that will hopefully um, go a long way in giving it to them this year, along with your Solomon Thomases and in Armstead and Buckner from the inside.
2: Yeah, it's, it's interesting that DeForest Buckner led the team in sacks as well last year. I believe he had six sacks and he was, he was a he was a three, four defensive end, but basically like a defensive tackle um, playing inside with the linebackers rushing from the outside it's it's kind of telling that nobody has top ten sacks since Alden Smith was with the 49ers at his at his peak. And that was that was three years ago. So in desperate need of a of a big pass rush. And the, the Doomerville signing made so much sense because they saw the Leo position and they saw that that nobody on the roster could really play that position entirely well. So um they picked up dumerville and they picked up uh Pita through for the draft so they brought in guys that they feel like can play that leo position and guys that can rush the passer but the interesting thing is is that going back to the interview with pito he mentioned was that the coaches not only asked him about rushing the passer but they asked him about being a linebacker as well and they're they're clearly wanting versatility out of that leo position it's not going to just be a pass rusher role it's going to be a role that's also going to set the edge on run support um going to have to funnel guys on the inside as well going to have to cover a little bit too so it's a really versatile versatile role and and they need guys that are basically athletes to be able to play that role you brought up the sack totals and
0: yeah if you go back again we'll look at let's look at 2011 alden smith had 14 that year that was his rookie year Next season he had nineteen and a half, and he had big assists those years to Justin Smith, who who made life very easy on him. But then, um, two thousand and thirteen that's that's when the numbers started to dip below ten. Brooks and Smith um were tied with eight and a half. And Matt Brooks had a great season in two thousand and thirteen. He he was one of the leaders on that defense when they had they lost Alden for a while and Patrick Willis was hurt. Brooks and Bowman that year were unbelievable. Two thousand fourteen, uh, it was Brooks and, and Aaron Lynch with six. 2015 it was brooks and aaron lynch with six and a half and last year it was brooks and buckner with six so yeah there hasn't really been prolific sack totals now in really three to four years so i'd like to see an uptick in that for the niners but you mentioned doomerville and it's will be interesting for me to see what he has left in the tank i think that he can still do a really good job as a situational pass rusher think kind of what dwight freeney's done in his later years and Doomerville does have 99 career sacks, but only nine sacks in the last 24 games. But if you really look at that, all right, two years ago, which would have been 2015, he only had six sacks, which, which doesn't, that's not a huge number of any stretch of the imagination. But he had over 60 pressures. So that shows me that in 2016, while well, or 2015, I should say, while he wasn't necessarily getting home, he was still putting pressure on the quarterback, and that goes a long way. And obviously last year he was, he was hurt. So his sack totals were were down then. But I, I think the Niners, if if they limit his snaps, are gonna get production out of him. And and you heard Peter talk about what he's already been as a is a is a mentor to him, how he talks about the different moves that they do and sits next to him in meetings and that and that sort of thing. That's just what you want out of Doomerville, as well as production on the field. You want him to be a mentor to those young guys. And in a short time he's already been on this team, he he's doing that, which is really encouraging.
2: Yeah, Elvis is just a consummate pro. He's he's a guy that they know they know what they're getting when they get him and they know what they're getting from, from an on field point standpoint and an off off the field standpoint too. And Pete, I said it himself, he's, he's been a a great influence on him and he's been a great mentor so far. And they've, they've only spent a few weeks together. So you can only imagine how these guys are going to spend their time together during the season and during training camp and how they're going to gel as a unit. So I, I think the pass rush will be better this year. Definitely. Um, I don't think obviously Solomon Thomas was added because people think he can pass rush from the outside and things like that, which is which is great. I mean that's fine in itself, but I think that he's more of like a six to eight sack kind of guy um, as opposed to what Alden Smith was when he first started, when he was like a thirteen sack guy and a nineteen sack guy. So it's going to have to be um, a team effort in terms of getting to the quarterback. It's not going to be just one guy. It's going to have to be all of the defensive linemen, all five, including the Leo. That are going to try to get to the quarterback.
0: And I think that Eric Armstead is <clears throat> really a wild card here because he he does rush the passer so well. He had an 11.2 pass rush productivity last year, according to Pro Football Focus, which was which was third best um, for defensive lineman. So if he's healthy and he plays inside, he can really go a long way in in rushing the passer. And then all of a sudden, you have sort of a a balanced pass rush, like you said on that, on that interior, where you have Buckner, you have Armstead. Um, you have whoever's playing the Leo on the outside. It'll most like be Doomerville. You have Solomon Thomas. You could end up with a really strong front four in the pass rush, which is something the Niners haven't had in a while. And 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 again, I don't know that they're going to have a, a 15 sack guy, but they may have three or four, or seven or eight sack guys, which which you know can can be just as good at times. So it's exciting to see what they did this off season and and where they can go with this. But there's a couple guys I do, I do want to ask you about because we haven't brought them up yet. And the first one I'll ask you about is is Aaron Lynch.
2: You know, I'm just going to just flat out. Do you think he makes this team? I don't think so. I, I think that Aaron Lynch, John Lynch came out and Kyle Shanahan also agreed with him, came out a couple of weeks ago, which is surprising, kind of on record. And they were like, he's got, he's got to show it, meaning he's got to show it on the field to be able to make this team. He's got tr- a tremendous upside, tremendous talent. We've seen him produce and we've seen him, you know, get up to, up to six sacks in a year or more. Um, in his in his, I, I believe, is his his second year that he got six sacks. Uh, you're you're the stat guy, so I'm assuming that you're probably going to pull some sort of stat and be like, actually, he got uh, six,
1: actually yeah, six. <laughs> he he had
2: six in his rookie year,
0: six and a half in 2015, and then he I think he just had one and a half last year. <laughs> R- actually, Zane, <laughs>
2: that's what it was. Right, right on cue. I knew it. I I, uh, see, I know you have my back. You have my back, man. Right. Know, I know that. I know. I'm here to hook you up. You're all good. <laughs> awesome. So, um, so yeah, I mean, he he had he has that ability he has a pass rush ability his problem is that his his drive uh with wanting to play the game and keeping his weight under control and and his passion for the game that's where he needs uh he needs to improve himself and his game so i think that it's going to be close but the the upside of guys like like pita and like eli harold obviously i don't think doomerville is going to go anywhere i think he's a great asset to the team mm-hmm. and that leaves and Ahmad Brooks is still on a relative, relatively cheap contract for his production. So, he, Aaron Lynch is kind of the odd man out, and they're going to have to make some tough decisions. Um, and he's probably going to be one of the guys that's going to go. I think he'll probably be one of the last cuts, but I think that he'll he'll eventually be cut.
0: Yeah, Ahmad Brooks, Every since he's been with the Niners seven years, his sack total is five, seven, six and a half, eight and a half, six, six and a half, six. He just he does the same thing every year, so you can pretty much pencil him in for, for his production. But yeah, with Lynch, it, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan are not going to have patience with with him at all. They didn't draft him. He's not part of the new regime. He's not part of the plan. If he's not going to come in and he's not going to look 100% dedicated, they're going to get rid of him. I don't think there's any – they have a, a ton of money. He doesn't cost that much anyway. So – if they feel he's not gonna help the team, he's gone. He's gone, and and I really believe that they'd rather keep a guy like Peta, who who they brought in, who's one of their guys, who can who can you know be molded under under Elvis Doomerville. I think they'll keep a guy like him over somebody like Lynch. Who listen, like you said, hasn't shown the drive. He had a, he had a really rough year last year, and I know there was a suspension and injuries and and, and that sort of thing. But you know, if, if 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 Lynch and Shanahan are not on board with Aaron Lynch. And he's not, he's not going to be around. It's that simple. The other person I want to ask you about, and it's Tank Carradine. And if you look at the story with Tank, he was drafted to pretty much be the replacement for, for Justin Smith. And it it really blew up in the Niners faces. That was one of those picks. It was a second round pick. He was hurt. They had, they had an aging defensive line at that point, and they needed to hit on that pick. And it, and it was a big whiff. Now in his defense, he was hurt. He was working his, back from his way back from a knee injury and, and probably playing in a system that didn't suit his talent. So do you think Tank can show anything this training camp and, and, and push for a roster spot, or do you think he's maybe uh, not long for San Francisco either?
2: Side note, I think that Tank Carradine, the Tank Carradine pick was the second-round pick that the 49ers received in exchange for Alex Smith. So correct me if I'm wrong. I think he's, that was the pick that they got in exchange for uh, Alex Smith from the Chiefs. Yeah, I think you're right. Didn't they pick, was it Tank and McDonald the same year? Yeah, I believe that was. Yep, it was Tank and Vance McDonald. And, that's and a they, traded, look. they traded oh, it up to get Vance McDonald, I believe. You're looking to
0: replace Justin Smith and Vernon Davis at that point. Those are the successors, and those were the two guys they came up with. And don't even start on the tight end when Travis Kelsey and Jordan Reed were still on the board, but I digress. So, yeah, do you, <laughs> anyway, um, do, you, do you think he, he's going to make this team? Do you think he's going to show anything? Or, or, again, do you just think he's an old regime guy that's just on his way out?
2: I think that's exactly what it is. That he's an old regime guy that's on his way out, and it's it's really unfortunate because the guy has a lot of talent, and he he flashed it a little bit when he actually got to play in his um you know in his debut, he had two he had three sacks in the last two games. Sacked Russell Wilson twice um, in one game, which is which is not easy to do. He's a hard guy to get down, so he, he was he was flashing a little bit, but he was never really able to get back on the field because they kept changing his position. And if you if you remember, they he's he's a a four three defensive end. He he was a four three defensive end in college, and they asked him to become a three four defensive end, mm-hmm. or or slash outside linebacker in in, uh, in in the pros. And they asked him to gain some weight, and that didn't work out well because he was he he came kind of slow. And then they asked him to lose some weight, and that didn't work out well because he didn't he couldn't get back on the field. And it was just you know part of it is that they've done it in, injustice to him. So I, it's not entirely his fault. They kind of miscast him in a role that he he shouldn't have have been cast in. I don't think he's produced enough to justify um, keeping him. He's at the end of his rookie contract, believe it or not. So I, I don't think that he's gonna that he's gonna stay. He's got one more year left on the rookie deal, and I, I don't think that they're gonna keep him. And that's the thing
0: too. When you, when you look at a, de- a deal like that, why would they keep a guy in the last year of his rookie deal that might not have a future? When you could mold a guy like Peter or some of the other dj jones you know some of the other younger guys that they're bringing in those are those are guys that they want to mold they're not going to keep the old regime guys who have a couple of years left in their contract haven't done anything over guys like that
2: i just don't think that they are yeah i'm wrong but that's sort of the way that i'm going with it yeah i, I want i want pita on my team whether it's whether it's the 49ers or the hunger games i want Peta on my side <laughs> and for those who who haven't seen the Hunger games you're going to Watch the movies and you'll understand the reference. You'll get the joke. You'll get the yeah. joke. So
0: if, if the fans noticed a theme today with this show, you know, we, we talked to PETA and then we spent the next 10, 15 minutes talking about the pass rush. And maybe next week, I don't know, maybe we have a cornerback on. And then maybe we'll talk about the secondary and maybe the week after that, I don't know, maybe a tight end shows up. Who knows? And we'll talk about the tight end. So we're trying to stay consistent with our guests and, and the players we have on and sort of make it a show about their position group and, and and that sort of thing. So that's something the listeners can look forward to over the next few weeks. We got some good stuff lined up.
2: Yeah, absolutely. We got a lot of really cool, exciting stuff for the for the listeners out there. And we always enjoy your feedback. So anything that y'all think that we should be doing or anything that you guys don't like, you know, we're always willing to to listen, uh, listen out for that stuff and incorporate it into our shows. And, and, uh, Al, you even had a question from a fan as well that you worked into the, the interview. So, you know, we, yeah. we see your question. Yeah, we see, yep. we see your questions and we, we appreciate them and, and we try to get to as many of those as we can. And probably what we'll do moving forward too is we'll
0: tweet it and put it on Facebook. Any guest that we have on, we're going to open the questions to the fans and we'll choose one every show. So this time around three or four people asked me, you know, who Peter would, would most want to sack. And his answer was pretty much everybody, which I thought was funny. Um, but, um, so we'll open that up and, and, and Zane and I will look at the questions and we'll pick one. And if it's just one from one person, you know, we'll we'll say your name on the show or whatever. But we just had so many people ask that question that I, I didn't give any names this time around. But it will be a cool thing to interact with the fans. Also, if you guys want to tweet me and Zane for, for the rapid fire questions we do at the end. um, Everybody seems to really like that where we ask the, the our guests their favorite movies, favorite TV shows, things like that. If anybody can think of a name for that, <laughs> go ahead. You know, it's sort of like a get to know segment. If anybody wants to throw names at us for that, go right ahead. Cause I, I don't know. I love doing it. Our guests seem to like it. I don't know what to call it. I'm not that witty.
2: So if anybody wants to throw it out there, we'll see what we can do. And we're going to, and we're going to request that it be actually like kind of appropriate. Um, You know, I'm, I'm the first to laugh at an inappropriate name, but we're going to ask because, because it's a, it's family, a family show. show. It's, a family it's a family show. Exactly. It's a family the, the show. The anyway. kids are listening. You know what I mean? Exactly. You know, Al, Al's kids are listening. So, you know, you want to, you want to make sure that, uh, they, they, uh, they got either, or they, you may have to put the earmuffs on them sometimes. Sometimes, sometimes You got you to gotta do what you got to
0: do, but you know, we want this, you know, it's a family road trip and the family wants to hear about the 49ers. They pop on Ellen and Zane and, and it's a family show and they know, they know what they're getting.
2: <laughs> awesome stuff Al. That's awesome. So, um, it's that time again. So we've, uh, we're up against the clock now. So it's time for us to say goodbye. And it was a great show today, Al. So, on behalf of Al Sacco, huge shout out to PETA, Tom Penu, and uh, David Benilla, who's our producer. But I don't want to shout him out too much because he's going to get too big of a head. Yeah, we talked enough <laughs> about him today. Bro,
1: it's <laughs> fine. <laughs> yeah.
2: This is Zane Nackby N- from the No Huddle podcast signing off.
1: Yeah.